So on the topic of the Warp Tour, give me a lineup that you would like to see show up. Let's say Warp Tour 2023. They're going to be like, listen, next year we're bringing it back. We've got new ownership. We're going to try, you know, to get some uh, the acts that you guys want to see. They pull you over, say, hey, what would you like to see? Who would you like to see on the ticket for the Warp Tour? Give me your I don't know. Give me your best. Like what? What? what off the top of your head, it doesn't have to be an extensive list. It just right off the top. Uh, I was gonna say I could probably rattle off a bunch of bands, but I mean, some of the bands that I would suggest would be like bands that I that actually had already seen at Warp Tour, but it was like twenty one years ago. <laughs> uh, but like less than Jake, just because a good ska band in the mix always makes me happy. I, I love horns in the horn section. <laughs> they, they, for real, it does yeah, it for me. It does does shit. it for me, man. Like I, I like ska and, and many forms of ska too, not just like the like the punk rock ska, but like you know, like the real legit, ska. Like, yeah, like yeah. legit ska. Uh, uh, I'd probably like to see like I'd like to see Bouncing Souls again. All right. Uh, probably throw some Pennywise in there. Okay. Uh, Henry Rollins. As much as some people might not like some of his political opinions, just depending on what era of Henry Rollins you're talking about, regardless of how you feel about him, the dude dude put on one hell of a fucking show uh, live. So he's cool to see live. He's probably one of the more interesting ones. I wouldn't mind seeing him back. Um, What do you mean a liar, Angel? What are you talking about? He has a song. Yeah, he has a song called Liar. I'm I'm not a fan. (laughs) That was from like, that was from like, that's, God, that had to have been like early 90s. Yep. I'll rip your mind out. Yeah. I'll steal your soul. Okay. I'll turn you into. I'll turn you into. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm a liar. All right. Yeah, he, he, he kicked ass live, and he tried to incite a, a riot because he was talking about how ridiculous it was what they were charging for a bottle of water. <laughs> he, he, he suggested getting the water vendor, lighting them on fire, and then holding up a bottle of water in front of him while he's burning and then asking him how much. <laughs> Boy, like, dude, he would have been yeah. disappointed if he found, like, I wonder how he felt about the, the water prices at uh, Lollapalooza or no, Woodstock 99, where they did the documentary oh, on that. Jesus Christ. That was $5, $5 for a bottle of water. Yeah. They probably charge more than that now. But yeah, I could probably oh, rattle off a shit ton more bands like the Lawrence Arms, um, cool, cool punk rock band from Chicago. Um, even though their politics really fucking suck, they they, which is going to be like the vast majority, unfortunately, of punk rock bands. But they're they they put out some banging fucking tunes. Anti uh, flag, dude. Anti flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah anti flag. I, I and you know I've, I've probably. That's probably one of the few bands that I've listened to that I haven't gotten to see live. Okay, I've, all right. I've never, I've never seen them live, so that would definitely be a cool addition. Um, Got to have the Murphys. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dropkick Murphys for sure. Have the bagpipe call and everybody go fucking nuts. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, fuck. The Swinging Utters. Yeah. Oh, God, the Swinging Utters. Swinging Utters, the Queers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. As a matter of fact, they're actually they're coming to Canton at Buzzbin. When? This summer. Sometime oh, really? this some yeah, I I'll have to look. I'm it's probably on their Facebook page, but and and they're actually charging admission for that because they're a touring act. 
because um, typically it buzz been depending on who's playing there. Typically, it's free. Um, Angel, we're going. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the going? yeah. I'll have to I'll have to look it up, but I know I'm thinking it's like it's either June June or July. I think. All right, I'm like, in. Yeah, there's another band playing with them, but it's like I think it's only like fifteen bucks Shit. to to get in. Brian, you're coming. That's it. I was I was looking up all the people you guys were saying, and I was checking it to put on my music for my phone. Ah, okay. So yeah, uh, I've actually I've seen I've seen the Queers live. They put on a pretty good show. Unfortunately, I saw them at like what I thought was the I don't and I don't think they're still open. I could be wrong, but what I thought was the worst venue in Cleveland, which was uh, Peabody's. Oh, that fucking fire trap! That Uh, God, I fucking hated that fucking place man no I, good i've seen like a few bands there and every time i found out that we were going to peabody's i'm like fuck man that Dude, place it, sucks yeah. it sucks and it's a death trap we did um yeah i roadied for a friend of mine who did uh, battle of the bands he was in a metal band called dimaxion and mm-hmm. i was like the road i helped them load the equipment and shit i mean because i you know i like metal music and we were friends so i helped we also stole a keg of beer out of peabody's down under with the one that's in the flats that down under down under and um under. that place was a fucking fire trap like i was standing around with all these people and i'm like dude if there's a fucking fire in here we're all gonna die nobody like that gonna fucking great right. white concert where everybody oh yeah. yeah no no it's scary and then Here's the thing about Battle of the Bands, not to get too off topic, even though we're completely off topic from what we normally do on here, but whatever. There's five of you that listen. Who cares? Um, Battle of the Bands isn't about the talent on the stage. It's about how many tickets you sell. Mm -hmm. So if you get a good following and you have shit music, you're still going to win, even though you're not as good as your as your competition. Hey, good marketing will outweigh a shit product every time. So. That's why I've never ever participated in a battle of the bands and any of the bands I've ever been in. It, it's it's either like you said that or it's uh, like there's been a couple times where uh, like I know like my my late uncle, uh, his band participated in a battle of the bands and it was pretty much rigged because uh, the band that won was people who knew the organizers. Um. Even though, even though my uncle's band drew in probably the majority of the crowd, and it started a riot. Oh, well, that's yeah, like, that's good. Like all, like all, all, all of my uncles, you know, crowd that came to see them fucking were booing and flipping tables and breaking shit. The cops showed up. Sounds like a punk rock. That, yeah, that yeah, yeah. It was probably like God. That was probably like at the latest, like the early '90s, but it might have been like the '80s. So it was, I was, I was just a wee little tot. So obviously I didn't get to go, but yeah, it was <laughs> people, people, people fucking raised hell. Cause they were like, good bullshit. <laughs> Speaking. Of, oh, I, how about this band? I don't know if anybody listened to them, Brian, you might be a little too young for this one. Uh, the suicide machines. I've heard Ooh, of them. Yeah. Yeah. They got, they mix a little sky into their punk dude. It, that's good <laughs> shit. It is and actually, good shit. uh, the drummer, the the now drummer for Alkaline Trio, that's been their drummer since two thousand five, maybe, hmm. uh, was the ex drummer for them. The Suicide Machines. Uh, what's his name? Fucking, I, forget I don't his know. Fucking, yeah, I don't if you if you headphones. like ska and horns, you should listen to the Interrupters. Never heard of them. Yeah, no. They, 
they were at uh well it used to be rock on the range but now it's sonic temple they were there the last time i went it was pretty good and then fucking streetlight manifesto they got a lot of horns i was i was just getting ready to say one of the best scotch shows that i've ever been to was uh less than jake real big fish and streetlight manifesto and i got to see less than jake and fucking real big fish and that was fucking insane it was i forget what album it was that they had put out it might have been gnvfla but anyways the theme of their show was like uh like a they had like this the set looked like a game show and they had like a wheel that they'd spin (laughs) and they'd be they'd spin the wheel and they would have like different songs from different eras you know, different records and uh-huh. shit that they put out. So they would spin the wheel and that would decide what would be the next song that they'd play. That's pretty rad. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty fucking pretty cool. rad. Here's yeah, another yeah, was... I'm sorry. Another one. Oh. Inspector 7, if anybody's heard of them. Uh, heard of them. Inspector 7, that's good shit, man. I think there's another band that's, I think some of the members started the Hudson City Stompers or something like that. Um, but that's really, really good. And it's fast fast scott it's really danceable it's fun um i highly recommend um so these are this is some a good lineup here of course we have some standards they can't forget about blink 182 i'm always going to be a fan um even though i've seen them several times live that's cool although i although i don't know how i feel about them now that matt skiba from alkaline trio has taken tom DeLonge's place it's it's not blink 182 to me and, and, yeah. and if i were to see them live now that would be the lineup but like i i, I guess i guess I would, I would probably still enjoy it because like the main reason why i like blink 182 is because of mark coppice like he just plays these like really catchy like like bass riffs so yeah, like, yeah a, lot, really a, lot, a lot of it's simple but like he just does these he, he has like a really good pop sensibility like when he's writing his music it's super fucking catchy as a bass player i i I dig his style right on we have a good lineup here um so welcome to the use guys in that podcast (laughs) uh yeah um we uh we were just talking about concerts and stuff and you know the cost and then we started talking about the warp tour and you know what would be a great lineup and I, I, I guess I'm an idiot because I looked it up to see when it was started, um, you know, when 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 it kicked off. And then I was looking at some of the acts that had recently recently been there. And of course, for the last one, which was in 2019, I guess I'm an old man because I read MGK. I'm like, I don't know what that is. And everybody had to tell me that's Machine Gun Kelly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't. I don't know what any of that shit is. Like, if it's not people too- talked about him for like two years when I was in high school, and then he dropped off, and then he tried to fight Eminem via raps, and then everybody like he was relevant, again, and now he like dates Megan Fox or some shit. So that's well, like how he's staying relevant. That's but- a win. That's a huge <laughs> for him for sure. He's, I mean- he's dating Megan Fox, and he put out like a mediocre, half-hearted pop punk record. Fuck, he uh, I think it was him. He did a fucking, uh, he did a cover of Aerials by uh, System of a Down. Oh, and it was it's horrible. fucking garbage. It it's, sounds so yeah. bad. Because he can't so sing. So fucking terrible. No. He can't sing. But- like, he, <laughs> he, 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 has, he has no vocal range. He's very monotone. And that's, no, like a, was- a, that's just an objective critique. Not me just shitting on the guy. Like, dude has no vocal range. Like, it's like he sung that song in, like, straight 
D. What was he and, on? And, it was like some show. They were like on a stage. I think and it, it was like, Howard Stern. Oh man, it looked like they were doing a skit from like Saturday Night Live or some right? shit. Where it's like they're trying and to like, make it serious, but that's what's so funny yeah. about it. Like, well, and like the thing that sucks is all the accompanying musicians that were playing like acoustic. Like they sounded good. <laughs> You know, the music part sounded good, but MGK cannot match. Like, Serge Tankian has that fucking, this, like, weird range, like, and and he, like, like, it's like they mix and blend, like, like, classical, like, I don't want to say classical, but, like, Armenian, like, like, melodies in with, like, with, like, thrasher metal and shit like that. And it's just, like, He's they just got this craned. Yeah, he's just got this crazy range and like his notes are just like all over. And like when MGK sung that, it was just like. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> like, dude, like you have like he put put zero effort, zero heart into it. And if you're going to cover fucking system of a down, like at least attempt to do it fucking justice, dude. Like, come on. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Fair enough. I. I, I I God, I remember when their that album Toxicity came out. It's so good. I I can't believe like it's been that long now. I, Dude, I yeah, man, it's still fucking like they did that recently. They were I, it was uh, whatever Rock on the Range is now. Yeah, they were there like a couple of years ago. It was like the last concert I went to before COVID, and it was fucking awesome. I like the first record from System of a Down, the self titled one. I think that's what that's what it is. I can't remember. That's my favorite. I, I don't know. I'm not a fan, but I know there's a couple of a uh, couple of good ones on that album that I that I actually liked. Um, so you've heard the prison song, right? Like that one's fucking. I'm sure that I have. Oh I, my god, you would fucking love the prison song. Like, just read the lyrics. Like, you'll. <laughs> All right, I'll look it up right now. You want it? I'm, I'm not, already there. I'm not. I I got it. It's like, it's a fucking, like the first time I listened to it, I was like, wow, this sounds really cool. And it goes hard. And then I like started actually listening to the words and I was like, wait a minute, like, is all this shit real? Like, (laughs) it's literally just crime statistics. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Holy shit. Toxicity came out in 2001. Yep. (laughs) I was five years old. I was in kindergarten. I got rid of a hoodie. 21 fucking years ago. Dude, I I remember it. Yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. (laughs) Why'd you get rid of the hoodie? It was falling apart. Like, it literally Uh was like, you know, just rat, like, started to like rip everywhere. And it was very thin because I wore it all the time. And it was just really, really old. So I'm like, "Uh, it's time to go, man. It's like got maybe one, two more washes. And that this thing's like disintegrating completely. (laughs) So I had to toss it. Yeah. You know, this the lyrics here work i'm i mean but i think that number one talk about a poor timing of release because 2001 was the year that uh was the franz ferdinand moment for the 21st century patriot act baby (laughs) micro processes (laughs) um but yeah because all of these are like the people because there was such a patriotic uh fervor running through people um this people would have ignored this because this is relevant today as it was 21 years ago, probably more relevant now because it's demonstrably worse. Yeah. And they're taking COVID money and spending it on armored vehicles and drones. I'm so glad that you brought that up because that's what we're going to talk about right now. So 
You got in that segue. That was an excellent uh, segue. Segue. <laughs> Y'all know that I despise the soy squad uh, with the fire of uh, probably 50 to 60 suns. It's, it's strong, but not in overpowering hate. Um, but even the soy squad is, uh, you know, it's like a clock. A broken clock is right twice a day, and they do occasionally get something right. Um, so check this out. So President Biden has encouraged more spending on police tech, despite local activists' call to fund life-sustaining food and housing programs. So the party that brought you, let's talk about police reform and defunding the police, brings you more of the same, like they always do. Um, the more Nothing changes here. Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Trout brings you more of the same. So does the party of the people and the working class from whom they know nothing of. Uh, this is great. So last week, the White House announced that federal funding for COVID-19 testing, treatment, and vaccines would soon be depleted unless Congress approves a new spending bill. Okay. While Republicans are largely responsible for the ongoing congressional stalemate, I like that blame shift. That's a good move. Even though Democrats hold the majority uh, and can pass <laughs> without republicans so they're all owned by the same people it's great correct um i just like that quick blame shift while republicans are largely responsible for the ongoing congressional stalemate okay you have the votes you have the majority okay it's not a minority government you have the majority you don't need them you can vote all of the stupid horse shit you want in okay it's not the senate it's the house you guys it's the house of representing you can do whatever you know it's anyway before i get stuck on this one uh the biden administration has been criticized for encouraging local governments to use american rescue plan act arpa funds a 1.9 trillion dollar pandemic relief aid package that was approved last march on policing in the midst of an ongoing pandemic quote i want more cities and states to use some of the 350 billion we sent to them on the American Rescue Plan to fight crime, to keep our communities safe by hiring more police officers for community policing and paying police overtime, President Biden said at a gun violence prevention task force meeting in February of 2022, and purchasing gunfighting technologies, like technologies that hears, locates gunshots, so there can be an immediate response because you know exactly where it came from wank 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 state and local officials across the country have heeded this call and in some towns and cities are now approving police requests to spend pandemic relief funds on drones and armored vehicles the king <laughs> police department <laughs> a small because nothing fights a virus better than drones and armored cars no the best part is they already like the next two places like i can't help but laugh because it's just so goddamn ridiculous <laughs> well no they're like it's not like they didn't have the armored vehicles to begin with and they're just buying some it's like oh they're replacing their mine resistant ambush we, we gotta get a new bear cat. like yeah no, dude, I, I still can't forget Athens, Ohio. They would close, in order to close roads, they'd park their fucking county police MRAP across the street. And it's like, that's what they used it for. And it was like, so they gotta oh, show yeah. it off, man. They got to yeah. show it off. And it's like, you can put road close signs or whatever. No, because people can drive around those. You need a fucking, 
I mean, it's not being used overseas anymore, I guess. So they got to do something with it. But, Spend that virus money on drones and APCs. Yeah, it, it gets, uh, gets better. The Kingsport Police Department, a small agency in Tennessee, purchased two, quote, this is what the article says, military-grade drones in early March, and Dixon County City Council in California is considering using ARPA funds on a police drone program, body-worn cameras, they're never going to fucking use them, and a license plate reader program. Great. More of the same. Well, what was that? shit where they have they have like airplanes now like i know they've done like the aerial monitoring for speeding and shit but like ohio just bought like more planes for that or some shit we're gonna get you're jumping the gun here okay sorry jumping the gun we're gonna we're gonna talk about that don't you worry so all right carriage horse horse is the front (laughs) carriage is the back it's similar we're like it's all fucking spending yeah it is all spending you're absolutely right about that so um, let's see here. As the U.S. approaches the grim milestone of one million COVID deaths, the use of pandemic funds on police technology have been criticized by local activists like Jasmine, the organizing director for Community Movement Builders, a grassroots black liberation organization based in Atlanta's Pittsburgh neighborhood. Why does Atlanta have to have a Pittsburgh neighborhood? Does Pittsburgh have an Atlanta neighborhood? Like, why can't you call it like, I don't- Is it a subdivision? Like, wait, hold on. No, it's a neighborhood. It's a neighborhood within the city of Atlanta. I don't, it doesn't matter. I just, that throws me off. Atlanta's Pittsburgh neighborhood. Like, well- Because they name, they name uh, neighborhoods inside of- cities i understand that that's the that's not naming a neighborhood that i have an issue with it's you're in atlanta so find something a little more creative oh like peach tree okay yeah you know yeah like call it um i don't know falcon neighborhood because the football teams the falcons or i don't know but pittsburgh already has a town they already and they have they don't have an atlanta neighborhood Hey, do you, do you know that for sure? Yeah, I worked in the fucking city. I know good and goddamn well they don't have an Atlanta neighborhood in Pittsburgh. So get the fuck out of here. That's You're going to look real dumb if somebody emails <laughs> us and says, hey. <laughs> hey, look that up okay. for me, please, and validate my claim. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to start an Atlanta neighborhood in Cleveland. See how you fuckers like that. That's right. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't live in Cleveland. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't start a neighborhood called Atlanta. I want to disrespect the fine city of Cleveland, Ohio, with that shit. Um, <laughs> they have their own unique neighborhoods, like the Slavic Village, right? And Little Italy, right? We have we have our own goddamn shit up here. And East Cleveland. Which, I was just getting ready to say, fucking East Cleveland, baby. Uh, which is um, um. A very East 1999 some bone thugs, man. I have <laughs> Down 71 was a great song. Great song. No. There's no what? <laughs> no Atlanta and Pittsburgh. Thank you. Thank you. Next. I told <laughs> Eat some crow, Brian. It's really confusing. Now I understand what you're saying. Like, it's literally called Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Georgia. Thumbs down, Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> You had a chance to start. They they could have started brand new 
and done the right thing after Sherman burnt it to the ground during this during the Civil Do you War. Know why it was named? What it was named? Because the Union soldiers that burnt down the the city were from Pittsburgh. I don't know. No, uh, it was named Pittsburgh because the industrial area reminded one of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and its famous steel mills. Okay, I didn't know Atlanta had a steel industry. I thought it was about peaches and Coca Cola and um segregation i didn't i didn't know anything about it i don't know Um, peaches cola coca-cola and segregation it sounds like a a fucking album title so i can't answer any of these questions fair enough but that i'll name my my album when my band starts getting together my band is called day of the sword and we're 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 putting together an album why why are you telling people your super secret name for your album someone's gonna steal it now no that's it's doc it's it's copyrighted i'm There's already a band called the sword is that going to be too similar or no, it's day of the sword is, okay. is my own thing thank you very much and it's been copyrighted because um i applied to law school and just like garan thumb can be a doctor in new jersey even though he failed medical school i could be a lawyer because i didn't pass the bar in Ohio, I'm a lawyer in New Jersey. So it counts. It's the same thing. It's the same rules. And if Grantham can do it, I'm going to do it. Um, meanwhile, the Franklin County Sheriff's Department in Missouri spent $334,715 of its $2.6 million allotment on a Lenko Bearcat, hello, Christopher, armored vehicle to replace a mine-resistant 60,000-pound armored personnel carrier that the county received previously. Butler County, Pennsylvania, not too far from where we were just talking about, mm-hmm. bought a $330,000 Gurkha armored vehicle and the Hancock, no, there's no D in there, Gurkha. Hancock County Board of Commissioners in Ohio, in this wonderful Soviet motherland, approved the purchase of a Burkat armored vehicle with ARP funds at a price tag of around $250,000 earlier this month. Woo! Winning, um... Jasmine says the government and police departments are fueling policing in response to a growing working class movement that is fighting for black liberation, reducing the size and scope of policing and against capitalist economic exploitation. The government at this point is honestly preparing for a war and retaliation against the working class. Jasmine, allow me to inform you of something. They've been at war against the working class since day one. You're just now seeing it, okay? Okay, honey, sorry. They've hated us since minute one. Okay, let's continue here. They treat us as if they're an occupying force in our communities. That's absolutely true, Jasmine, and that's how they should be treated. They are the standing army of occupation. I think the technology that they're funding speaks to that. The state relies on the police to enforce capitalism, to protect property, and to essentially ensure that people are funneled into exploitative labor practices. You're probably not wrong about that either. Well, it's that page from The Grapes of Wrath, man. The oranges have to rot because they couldn't be produced for profit. Like, you got to keep the people away from the product if it's not selling, so they can't just take it. That's right. So there you go. The injection of ARPA funds into the DelKalb County Police Department's budget, according to Jasmine, is reminiscent of local officials' attempts to build a $90 million police training facility locally known as Cop City. Which, <laughs> listen to this, which raised dozens Cop of... City! <laughs> Not Vice City, Cop City. Uh, dozens, it would raise dozens of acres of forest in the county. 
Officials ramped up their efforts to build the facility, she said, after people took to the streets against police brutality and the Atlanta Police Department's murder of Rayshard Brooks in 2020. Local governments, including officials in DeKalb County, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but then again, y'all have a neighborhood named after a city in the Midwest or in Appalachia, whatever, it's up here, uh, have pointed to spikes in crime rates during the pandemic to justify spending ARPA funds on policing. Quote, this funding will allow us to proactively work to mitigate the growing crisis of homicides and violent crimes in Metro Atlanta and holistically address the root causes and effects of crime throughout the county, said CEO of the county. I didn't know they had a CEO, Michael Thurmond, telling a local news outlet 11 alive that's a very exciting name for a news outlet almost as good as vice almost as good as the soy squad i prefer my version abolitionist scholars and activists however argue that systems of organized violence such as police and prisons exist to reinforce social hierarchies not increase public safety Hmm, i think you're onto something There's always this narrative, particularly in the pandemic, that crime is spiking, that folks are becoming more violent, when in reality, people are just becoming more and more desperate. I think you're onto something there. Because they're working 40 hours a week, if not more, and they are still not able to feed their families, said Jasmine. And so the narrative about crime is really just a justification for expanding the police state even further, such that when people push back, the state is ready to crush those movements. I don't think Jasmine is wrong about much. Um, I, 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 I'd like to talk to Jasmine. Um, I, I mean, I understand that, you know, she's part of a black liberation movement, but I think that she could probably find a lot of allies out there who share her views on the police and policing and the police state and the repression of the working class. Um, you know, it's better to have more friends than less when you're, you know, trying to fight the state and especially when you're trying to fight an occupying force such as the police but what do i know localities could choose to exclusively fund what abolitionist scholar ruth wilson gilmore calls life-affirming institutions such as free food programs rather than policing non-police interventions like providing low-income homeowners with grants to fix plumbing and heating in their homes have been shown to decrease criminalized behavior. I wonder what the correlation is between fixing the plumbing and heating in your house and committing crimes. And I'm not being funny either. I wonder what that might be. Is it you have to go out and steal in order to repair things? Or like, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about like, because it's criminal to destroy property if you're if you're leasing from a landlord. Not necessarily sure what that correlation is. I guess I would have to do more investigation if I really wanted to get an answer to that. I mean, I like these solutions, free food programs rather than policing. I mean, free hand jobs as opposed to policing. I mean, whatever. Policing is never the answer to any of the problems that these communities have. I mean, it's just absurd. And the fact that, um, what is it, in Summit County, there's a township called Copley. We've talked about it before, mm-hmm. which has the world famous Summit Mall. I don't know if anybody heard of it, but it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, Swenson's is not too far away. If you haven't eaten at a Swenson's, I like Swenson's. You don't know what you you, you don't know what you're missing. Some good ass burgers. You got mm-hmm. that? Galley boy. Oh, the galley boy, dude. Peanut butter milkshake. Mmm. Uh, diabetes. It's like a 44 ounce milkshake. Like it will kill you, and if it doesn't, you will look like me, which is a spotted potato like Tim Dillon. Um, 
even though Tim's younger, but he's got more gray in his hair, but I have gray in my beard. Anyway, so I don't know about what we're going to do about this situation. The cops are just using COVID relief funds to buy military-grade equipment and drones. Um, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's excessive. Like, the, the government already, you know, purchased it. They're trying to, you know, the federal government already purchased it. So they're trying to get mm-hmm. back a little bit, whatever money they can. They offload it to these state agencies at a, at a cheaper cost. I'm sure it's a part of, like, an overall agenda um, that they have probably to militarize the police force. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not an expert in that. It's just, you know, kind of odd. I'm, I'm sure it's more to do with money. Um I don't know for sure, but I mean, you know, Amazon is is working on creating like space vacations where you can go and watch 32 sunrises and 32 sunsets in a day because, you know, experiencing the one miracle of the sunrise and the sunset every single day on Earth isn't enough for people. They have to have 32 different ones. Well, hey, I mean, if you're working at Amazon, you're probably not seeing the sun much if you're on the inside of the building. Like I worked there for a year night shift and it was like literally you don't see a whole lot of shit and then you sleep through it all day. It's like a casino. There's like no clocks, no windows. You can't, you just go in and you do your shit. And then Probably you less out. like a casino and more like a prison. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say that'd be a little bit more of an apt well, comparison. Did you see all the shit that they're doing? They're like banning all these words on like their uh, interagency, like communications apps. Like you can't say like unionize or like anything that has anything near. Like it was bad enough. Uh, when I worked there, it was like they had this phone book where you could look up anybody that worked there in the entire fucking company. Well, even Jeff Bezos, if you really wanted to, like not like you could reach him, but it, <laughs> it was he was there. Like it was the same way in the military. It's like they're up there. But if you, a lowly peon, try to say anything to them, you're going to get yelled at by like everybody in between you and them. Yeah. But uh, and then, yeah, they had this instant messaging app called Chime. And uh, everybody had access to it. You could have it on a computer, on a phone, whatever. You could talk to anybody in any facility at any given time. And then like halfway through the time that I worked there, everybody below tier four on the employee ladder got their access to those things revoked and they were removed from the phone book. So you couldn't talk to each other if you weren't like at the same building with people. And even then, in order to do the app thing, you had to like get special permission from like a supervisor. And I guess that was because people tried to unionize then and they're like, nope, nobody's talking to anybody anymore. Fuck them. So now they've gone even farther with that. And now you can't even say certain words on those things that most people can't even use now. It's fucking whack. This just comes back to like a point that I had discussed at Thanksgiving dinner at my home with some family about um, there was supposed to be some big protest and a walkout and it never materialized. Nothing actually, no, nothing really happened that put, you know, a monkey wrench into the cog of, you know, the, you know, this, this monolith, this juggernaut of Amazon or, you know, the workers are not getting treated any better. Like the other day, listen to this. So like those of you know that I'm out at five 30, between five 30 and five 45 in the morning, I walk my dog for about a mile and a half because, you know, he's got a lot of energy, ton of energy. Like he's, he's a sled dog. That's what he wants to do. He wants to be out. So I'm walking and um, one of the firearms that I had lost the day after I was, I was carrying it and um, I'm walking just minding my own fucking business. And this car slowly is, is 
driving behind me. Like, not to the point where it's following me, but it's going a little bit slowed where I'm like, either you're lost, you're the paper person, you know, you're delivering the local paper, or you're, you got a fucking problem. Like, I don't know what it is, right? So it finally passes me and then just fucking stops. And then I stop. And I, I'm like, I'm, I put my, you know, put my hand, I, gri- I grip, uh, I grip the pistol and uh, not the one that nature gave me, the one that Smith and Wesson did. And um, I'm waiting and I don't move and I'm waiting and I'm like, this this, this is going to be a fucking problem here. Like, what is this guy? I don't know what the fuck's happening. It was a fucking Amazon delivery person. I felt like a total jackass because like I fucking flicked the safety off the weapon. I'm like, bitch, today's the day I'm ready to go. Like. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be fucking with me at five forty five on a miss. But car. they're driving like their own personal vehicles, is what. Yeah, it's not an Amazon van. It was like a fucking Hyundai Elantra. Okay, mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, what? An Amazon delivery? And sure enough, he fucking the flash goes off on his phone, taking a picture right there at five forty five in the morning. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, in order to get a vehicle that they mark and like actually pay for, you have to start out in your own. And then you have to like compete with other people for like a route. And then from there, like you're like a contractor, you're not even really an employee. So like there's all kinds of yeah. weird shit that goes with that. Yeah, it's su- it's super bizarre. Amazon's fucked up. Like they're just but hey, fifteen dollars an hour and benefits, and like if you get hurt at work and they, they'll send you to a workers' compensation doctor that basically works for them because they contract no shit there's like concentra urgent cares like the people they were using they're contracted with amazon for like the and all the only people that come to that facility are people that get broken by fucking amazon how, and that, how long before they just start prescribing people drugs to just come to work like you know it's, it's super <laughs> fucking weird man yeah. like they had i remember they had this fucking if people got hurt to the point that they couldn't like work at their stations and like do whatever they normally fucking do uh they do anything to not have them basically out of the facility like making money from like some sort of compensation so they would set up like a computer thing it was called asset tagging and you'd literally look at pictures you would help ai learn basically so there would be like photos of receipts or like any pieces of paper with text on them and then it would ask you to like highlight certain shit and say what it was so that way a computer could start to learn to read and you would do that for 10 hours four or five times a week so that way you could make your paycheck and then from there it got even more uh because they have people watch the security cameras to see if people are stealing shit so then they started taking frames from the security camera feed and putting it into those images and they're like hey like, is this item in this photo and it, can you highlight it? So that way the AI could like look at a fucking security feed and like know what shit is and where it's going. Or like when people have their hands in their pockets or if there's like garbage on the floor and a workspace needs to be cleaned. They're trying to automate fucking everything, dude. And it's crazy because it's like, and like, I, this is just what I would be doing basically if I ran this. I like, I doubt there's no fucking point to them doing that shit on the computer, but it's all the people that got fucking broken are now technically training their future replacement. Like, it's fucking insane the amount of shit. It's like, so what do you do for a living? Oh, I just train Skynet to end humanity. That's all. It was like the creepiest thing. I've, and it's like, it's weird. The. It's, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is like the banality of evil kind of thing with like all the corporate language speak for all this shit. And it's like, 
it's or like the George Carlin bit where it's like they put so many words into something that you don't even know what the fuck it means anymore. And it just sounds like some academic fucking newspeak shit. And it's like, yeah, like it's an entire new world fucking culture. It's the weirdest, most sick thing I've seen in my entire life because people are like, yeah, this is how the real world works. And it's like, no, you like completely use all of your willpower to like bend reality to make Amazon a thing that is actually like functioning every day. That's, that's incredibly scary. You know, it's funny that you brought that up um, because I, I watched the movie and then I, I told, I told Angel about it. I don't know if she caught some, it was called margin call. It was on, I, I got on this Netflix kick cause I was like, I'm going to cancel this cocksucker because I never use it because there's never really anything on there that I like. Better Call Saul season five finally dropped. Yeah, it just came out. So now you have a new reason. I, it's already done. I watched it all. <laughs> uh, Angel watched it all because she's a fan. She's mm-hmm. a fan. I love that show. I love that character. Yeah. So I, I, I'm one of those. I guess I'm a contrarian. I think American Dad is better than Family Guy, and I think that Better Call Saul is better than fucking uh, Breaking Bad. I'm sorry. Actually, I know a lot of people that have that opinion. It's yeah, like- I, I really like it. I, I Bob Odenkirk, I think, is does a great job. He's he's a great actor. I, I really enjoy it. What's that? Uh, you way off topic, but speaking of Bob Odenkirk, have you watched the movie called Nobody? Yes, mm-hmm. that's a good movie. That. Like I, I was not expect because a lot of the times, but like even in Better Call Saul, like Bob Odenkirk's lightly humorous. Mm-hmm. I mean, he comes from a background in comedy, mm-hmm. and like to see him in that role and nobody like threw me for a loop. <laughs> it was lots of fun. It was lots yeah. of fun. Uh, but there was this movie called Margin Call. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix at least of as of I don't know last weekend or whatever it was, and um. I uh, I watched the movie and it brought me back to an experience kind of tying into what um, what Brian is talking about. And that was uh, specifically like Christopher and I, I think we survived the first purge that happened at our my former place of employment when um, they escorted a lot of people out after the the uh, the market uh, kind of crashed. Everything crashed in 2008. Uh, there was a second purge that happened in 2010, a big one. It made me think of this gentleman that picked um, parts in a certain part of the uh, the warehouse near conveyor belt. His name was Gary. And um, he had done like 30-some, almost 40-some years with the company, started off as an engineer. And then they moved him for whatever reason, or he decided to come and hang out with us in the warehouse. And I'll never forget two people coming up to him and talking to him and walking him out of the warehouse it also happened to somebody who was uh who became the boss his his wife got escorted out that day there was a bunch of people inside the office that got walked out that day um obviously christopher and i survived that particular purge but um you know it was it, it just reminded me of that that whole time period and until you experience it i didn't survive all of them because in 2014 so basically what the movie is is about one of these i guess one of the firms that was buying these crap mortgages and wrapping them up and you know using the law essentially to profit from these things. like it was there's there's an excellent explanation for it that like there's one fellow that wrote a book on it that did a bunch of research it was on rogan show and until you experience being like let go during or being told that you're out of here during 
a purge of whatever employer you work for. It eventually caught up to me in 2014, and I remember that feeling. So in the movie, they, they walk out all of these people, and I think Stanley Tucci's one of the uh, one of the, the one of the characters. Yeah, no, that he was. He was trying to like he was doing some kind of math to figure out why you know like what what the, what's going on with the company things weren't right, and he hands over this flash drive to one of the people as he gets escorted out in the elevator, and he was like, "Be careful." And one of the kids, you know, these young people that they kept, looks it up and does and gets the equation right. And he's like, yeah, um, we're going to even if we sell everything, um, we're going to like we, we will have nothing of value. Essentially, the, the company would be worthless. Right. Because that's how bad everything crashed. And um, watching all these people, you know, like lose their jobs, it just brought me back to that. And unless, until you experience that feeling, that was a while that was. I remember because it happened in August of 2014. So I was uh, four months away from getting my third week of vacation because I, I had to complete my 10th year and then I'd be done. I would get my my third week of or my fourth week, fourth week of vacation because I already had three. And I was really excited for that because four weeks of vacation is fucking nice. Right. I mean, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of paid time off. That's some good shit. Right. And at year five, they gave. They, I got my third week in year five. So it was four weeks that I was going to get. And I remember that um, my my stupid manager, who I hope dies in a car fire. I mean, that's how much I don't like her. I'm not even being funny. It's not for a joke. She's an evil person, a coward of a person, didn't stick up for the world. Like, they had us working. It was so bad for a while. They they started, I forget what, the, what my wage was back then, but they uh, it was so bad we had to work at home after our shift was over. And we would put in maybe 12, 11 and a half hour, 12 hour days doing billing accounts. And um, they paid us overtime. So I made I made it to a decent amount of money. But you had like I remember working on Easter Sunday before going to my parents house, the dinner. Like I remember like working Christmas Eve at home and then like jumping on there. Chris, they can they, it. They almost condition you to accept that this is this is normal and you have to do this. Otherwise, you're going to get behind and nobody's going to come and help you. Right. So, yeah, and if you say anything, it's like, oh, you're the asshole. You're not a company man. This is actually normal and good. Like, and that's you're the fucking outlier here. And that's what happened to me. Right. So I um, I would I would put in these insane amount of hours. Right. And then one day on my lunch break, I would always read and it's just kind of something that I always did was I would read and this bitch comes over and says, um, can you, uh, can you come with me for a second? And I'm like, I know what that means. I know exactly what that means. So they pulled us in there. There's the fucking HR cunt, uh, Melissa Schrader. Never forget her name. She doesn't work there anymore. I hope she's dead. Um, she's another evil bitch too. Um, real, real despicable. I mean, she's from Michigan. So that's half of the problem. Um, they pull us in there, say, hey, listen, just to let you guys know, um, we're going to be terminating your employment. Not today, though. Uh, we're going, you're going to work uh, the next four months. And if you do, we'll give you six months severance. So we'll pay you for six months and give you benefits for six months. And after that, you're kind of on your own. So, and we're sitting there and it's like, you put in a decade of your life into this shit, right? Like, I mean, you, a decade and like, you really feel like you're doing a good job. And, um, they tell you that it's quite an experience. I didn't make it to the four months. I literally walked out a couple of months later, just literally walked out. 
I had, I had found another job and I didn't even give them notice. I, I didn't pay <laughs> the courtesy of giving them any kind of notice. I was, I wrote a letter. I left it on that bitch's desk and I told her what an asshole she was and how much her, her boss was a fucking asshole. And, you know, I hope the building burns down and all that other stuff. So, um, I, wa- I walked out of there. Um, I should have stayed and milked it. Um, I didn't. And, um, but yeah, man, until you go through an experience like that, watching that movie, like brings back a lot of memories. If you guys want to check it out, check it out. It's, it's pretty good to see how, <laughs> how the fucking people got fucked so hard. And, you know, this, well, at the, in, in, in that area that you worked prior to you working there, didn't one of your coworkers tell you that they made them work overtime and never paid them. Correct. Like they were working for free for multiple hours for like, I don't know how long until somebody said something and, and was like, they brought them the law. Like they actually had to, cause they were like, no, that's just how it is. Your salary, whatever. Yeah. yeah it was ridiculous. And then like a bunch of people kind of like stood up and was like, no. Yeah. And then they had to pay them hourly at that point. Like, I don't remember the entire story, but they got away with that for a long time. Yeah, they, they got away with without paying people for a long time. They just considered like you'd work 70 hours a week and you made $35,000 a year. Christ. It was, what about the guy that worked there for like 30 years? Did he get like retirement or like? No, they, they let him go. They, they, they let him go. Like he was gone. That was and you don't get shit. Uh, Gary didn't get anything. He didn't get to collect his retirement because they, they let him go right before it. I remember I saw it happen. I, I like it happened yesterday. I can see it right now. That shit. I don't know how people think that's like even something that you could do. Cause like, I've heard so many stories about, or like when all the steel work got shipped overseas and people had like 30 plus years into the company or they were like right about to retire. So they're like, yeah, we're going to let you go like a year before your fucking shit. And it's all or nothing. There's no like oh you made it 99 percent of the fucking way so here's your fucking proportional nope shit that's see that's the biggest i've never understood why that's a thing that people are like yeah this is fine and everybody's like oh that's just the way it is and it's like well that sounds really fucking shitty and i don't know how anybody got on board with that but terrible man like it's really it was a real bummer too because you think that you know you i mean you knew that they didn't care but they you you were doing your job you showed up you did what they asked you to do. You, you know, you worked all these fucking extra hours, you know, you'd think there'd be some kind of like, Oh yeah, I know you really don't give a shit about me as a person, but it's like, I'm putting in this much. I would like it to be at least somewhat matched over here, but it's like, no, fuck you. Nope. Yeah. It's go fuck yourself and go fuck your mother. But you know, it all worked out in the end. I mean, things got better for me progressively after I left that shithole and um i know the people that are still there are still working the insane hours and i hope they're enjoying themselves i hope that they, mm-hmm. they enjoy the work i really do because uh i'll tell you what like, and that's the thing though that'll that's kind of a moment that'll change you forever now i don't give a fuck anymore like you can you could try to tell me that i need to do x y and z listen you're getting an eight to five yeah i'll give you eight to five but you know what, man, like worrying about my job, whether I'm going to get fired or not, those days are over. I, I don't care anymore. I, I literally do not care because that's when people have power over you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my gosh, they could fire me. Yeah, but it's not cancer. They're not handing me, handing me a piece of paper to see I have six months to live. That's a problem. That's a problem. Finding another job, I'll find another fucking job. Like, I, I mean, that's okay. I mean, it, yeah. it pays well or not it is moot. I will find some place to work, but you're not going to own my, like, I would think about work 
even after I did 11 hours of it, I think about how I'm going to tackle the next day. Yeah. You ever have dreams about it at night? Oh, yeah. That was the worst shit ever when I worked on a loading dock. I was like, I fucking hate this. I can't even escape this shit in my fucking sleep. Like, <laughs> like it's like, why? Like, why does the brain want to fucking do that? We could think about anything. It's a dream. You could do whatever. But I it's like, nah, motherfucker, your ass is on a forklift. You just left being on a forklift. Your ass is on a fucking forklift again, getting ready for tomorrow. Hang on. That never happened to me when I worked in warehousing. Never. Oh my God. It was, I, I must just not be a warehouse person. No, no. I don't know. You may but, not be, but that never bothered me because I don't know if Christopher can attest to this or not, but it's very repetitive and you get used. There's a flow to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you get used to it and you know what's, you kind of know what's waiting for you. He's in more of a leadership position now. So it might be different because he has added responsibilities. But like I got I got you can get very comfortable and, you know, I knew you knew how to game the system. You knew how, you know, when you could, you know, fuck off when you couldn't fuck off those. And, and you know what the best part about it is? And I, I know that Christopher can probably uh, attest to this. There was a point where, like, we had so many friends working together that it was more of a fucking social hangout than it was work for a while. Like there was nice. It, it was nice. So I had a great experience. But when I'm seeing screens for billing and seeing billing codes and uh and and getting uh vendors and banks uh in my dreams and seeing my boss and telling my boss telling me to do stuff in my sleep it should have been a sign then and there that this was a problem and i thought that like i was doing well by getting off the warehouse floor but i will tell you this they may not pay you a lot but uh but we we had i i would dare i say we had some fun when we all worked oh, here you know what i mean for sure Sure. It was there was it was nice. And, you know, of course, the customary, hey, we, we exceeded our goals for sending out X amount of inventory. Here's this shitty pizza that they had to cook like an hour ago. So the oh, oven's not no. really that hot. So the fucking pizza's kind of raw. You know, it's not really cooked. Everybody's going to have diarrhea within 45 minutes of uh, eating it. Medium rare pizza. <laughs> fucking chicken, too, man. Like, yeah, they, they couldn't get any of that shit. <laughs> mm, botulism. <laughs> But yeah, man. I, if you guys have a chance, check out that uh, that movie. It's pretty good. So let me uh, let me bring you back to some more uh, uh, depressing news <laughs> in the Ohio. It's just the news. Just the news. <laughs> the Akron Beacon Journal, which is not a reputable uh, periodical of note whatsoever. In fact, you can pay them a dollar and you will get a six month subscription. That's how low. Fuck. The Akron Beaker Journal has fallen. It is a disgrace of a newspaper. I had a professor that wrote for them. Well, your professor hasn't done a very good job. <laughs> he was a cool guy. I don't know, but like, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he got out. This is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Christopher found this one. You guys are going to love this. Um, aerial traffic enforcement getting ready for a techno boost in Ohio. The short white lines on the side of highways are easy to miss. Not if you know what they're for, uh, as they are painted in quarter mile intervals and zip by when past its speed. They go by even faster if you're speeding. They are soon to be a thing of the past as the Ohio State Highway Patrol Aerial Enforcement Unit shifts to digital technology. By the end of the year, Highway Patrol pilots will be able to help local law enforcement catch speeders on any road in the state. For the past 11 years, State Trooper... Milan Milosevic, sounds like a war criminal, but whatever, uh, has patrolled Northeast Ohio in a Cessna 182 Skylane on most days suitable for flying. 
He covers the region from his base at the Akron Fulton International Airport as part of the patrol's aviation section. The section includes 11 uniformed flight crew personnel, three helicopters, and 13 airplanes. This is for your safety, by the way. It coordinates with troopers on the ground as well as local law enforcement agencies to conduct speed enforcement amongst other missions. The war criminal Milosevic said that the quarter-mile markers are easy to spot from 2,000 feet up, speeders stand out, and he uses a timer to calculate their progress between the marks. Once he verifies their speed, generally around 20 miles per hour over the limit, he, pa he paces them and radios the vehicle description to police on the ground. A recent focus had been the construction zone on Interstate 77, which is a fucking nightmare hellscape right fuck now. That, dude, fuck that dude. shit. Like and and it's and it's clear down to like Canton South all the way up through just yeah it is a nightmarish fucking hellscape. That road's never been entirely open since I've been alive. Like <laughs> it's true, it's true. Right. There's shit in the, ancient the apex of society. Our roads. Yeah, what an embarrassment. Uh, a recent focus on that particular highway where the patrol said 90 motorists were sighted during targeted enforcement, totaling 10 hours over several months. It's not it's nonstop. It's every day, said the war criminal, adding the circumstances are sometimes hard to believe. There's a lady I got going 92 miles per hour. She was passing on the berm, he said. She was probably for late. She was probably late for work at my former employer. That's why she was speeding. She was afraid of getting fired. Um, she's got to make that 65 hour a week job work. Okay. He later found out the car was quote full of kids and a woman driving told the trooper on the ground. She was late getting to Cedar point. Okay. I got that wrong, but maybe not. Um, I, I look for people who are pulling away, catching up the traffic, weaving in and out. He said, it's just the stuff that I see the trooper on the ground. Can't see. Okay. Before taking to the air, uh, Milosevic served about 10 years in a cruiser rotating between day, evening, and midnight shifts. After a couple of years working midnights, putting my kids through school, getting into pursuits, getting into resistings, my body wasn't healing like it used to after a fight. Aw, poor you. <laughs> poor you, war criminal Milosevic. He sounds like somebody who fucking killed, has mass graves somewhere in the Balkans. That's what his name sounds like. I committed war crimes in the former Yugoslavia. <laughs> That's this fucking <laughs> Give him a Yushanka and a couple of red stars on his shoulder. He fits right fucking in. Look at this fucking guy. Look at him. Now, hey, I'm going to share the screen right now. You guys, you, you got to see this guy. You just got to see this guy. This guy's. I'm telling you right now, he might be hide, hiding from Interpol. I don't know. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that fucking face right there. Yeah. He's got the cushiest fucking job there is. Like, you literally just fly around in the plane and stare at cars all day. Man, I hope his plane crashes. I really, <laughs> what a dickhead. Let me continue on with this. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, he's having a hard time, you know, doing resisting arrests and pursuits and, you know, going after poor people. He said the patrol had several div divisions that qualified officers can join, such as canine, SWAT, and aviation. He chose to get his pilot's license going through flight school at Akron Fulton Airport. He then trained with the patrol's aircraft before landing a slot with the Aerial Enforcement Division. We do missing persons. Our bread and butter is speeding enforcement. See, their bread and butter is bread and butter. Thank you. Yes, that, that is the key phrase in this sentence. See, the first part is the important part. 
missing persons is what they should be doing. They should be looking for missing children. They should yeah, be. Yeah, but they're all the way up there. Like, they can't see children. Right. <laughs> Their bread and butter is speeding enforcement. But we also do pursuits. We will fly over a pursuit where people are exiting a vehicle and running, he said. Other missions include surveillance with agencies such as the Drug Enforcement Agency, another terrorist organization, where controlled buys of drugs are monitored by air. Yet again, here we go with these fuckers. My favorite thing is a lot of people hate these motorcyclists who are driving aggressively. We don't get into chasing them. When I'm up there, they're not getting away. There's only so many turns they can make. Listen. While annoying as it is and dangerous as it is for these people to weave in and out of traffic, and I don't advise it, if you it, listen, when you buy that crotch rocket and you're going down 77, which is already as tight as it can get with the concrete dividers up and the lanes narrowed and everybody's on there, and you decide to fuck around and you find out by getting run over and crushed by an 18 wheeler because you wanted to show off on your motorbike. I don't feel sorry for you at all. And I don't care how many leathers you wear and your crash helmet. When an 18 wheeler goes over you, you're going to die. So it's not going to be good for you. So go ahead, drive like an asshole. If you get hurt, I don't care. Just don't hurt anybody else. And and trust me, that truck's not really going to get hurt by, you know, smashing you underneath it. It's not going to be a problem. Uh, Milosevic said he caught a total of 37 aggressive bike riders in one year. When he says it that way, I think of somebody on a BMX just going down a sidewalk and like, you know, with a Walkman with like, you know, the actual tape in there. That's what I think. Aggressive, aggressive bike riders in one year. Aggressive. (laughs) What did he do? I don't know. But he had those cards put in the spokes of his wheels and they make noise when they go down the street. It's very, very aggressive. Sounded very aggressive. (laughs) Uh, it's easier for me to watch where they're going, he said. One rode so long that he ran out of gas and was caught at a gas station. Another, who Milosevic said he was being tracked by Ur, led police to a home somewhere. Stolen motorcycles were being taken apart for part sales. He knew I was up there. He went back to a house, into the garage. I was doing circles over the residence there, making sure he wasn't running out the back door. The sheriff's department and Akron police showed up. In that residence, they found six other stolen motorcycles, explaining the machines were various stages of disassembly for sale of their parts. He led us back to his chop shop. What a stupid criminal. Uh, That's what I said, not what he said. Milosevic arrives at work every day, checks the weather, and then uh, contacts the various posts and police agencies he's scheduled to work with. Now, I'm hoping that global warming or global cooling or whatever is going to create conditions to where this man not only cannot fly, but let's say he really wants to get up there. He wants to cash in on the quota, maybe get his bonus. And then the wind gets so terrible that there's a microburst and it pushes his plane into the ground and it explodes with him in it. That's yeah. what I'm Aw, how tragic. Aw. Shucks. Aw. Humanity lost a great person. Aw. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Psych. I'm glad you're dead, fucker. (laughs) I don't have any mercy for these. Just kidding. Sky pirates and road pirates. Great. Thanks a lot. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Sky pirates sounds way too cool, though. I don't think we should call them sky pirates. What the hell should we call them? Al Qaeda? Like, like sky pirate just sounds like a prestigious title. Like, I'd like to be called a sky pirate. You're right right about. I don't want to call. I don't want to waste that term on the fucking pigs. What would we call him? What's a good? What's come on, Angel? You're usually good at stuff like this. What should we call this fucker? 
what the helicopter man no no he's not flying a helicopter he's flying an airplane but with you know an airplane um I don't know. Captain Fuckface. I don't I don't know either. Like I um, mean uh, the fly- <laughs> Captain Fuckface. The the flying Gestapo, I don't know. Dirty Birdie, I don't know. Dirty Birdie. Okay, we have a winner, Dirty Birdie. Milosevic the Dirty Birdie. That does I mean it kind of fits the whole war criminal thing. Yeah, it sounds gross. Him, yeah, we can call him what was it? The the Luftwaffen? The <laughs> Larry Luftwaffe? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> the Luftwaffe. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. He lists the areas he's responsible for. Pay attention, those of you that live in the area. Most of Northeast Ohio, including Lorraine, Elyria, Medina, Ashland. New Philadelphia, Dover, all the way to Pennsylvania and Ashtabula. He can be anywhere in the region within 25 minutes, depending on the wind. Once again, hope and pray to Odin for microbursts. The new technology. Right now, Milosevic uses push-button timer to clock speeders and digital camera to take photos of accident scenes and other evidence. I'll slow down the plane and bank it to the side, he said, holding an imaginary camera up to his eye. Things will be different next year. Sergeant Ray Santiago, Ohio State Highway Patrol public information officer. Boy, what a great job that is. Said new equipment, which requires a crew of two troopers in the plane, is now being used in Franklin County. And statewide development of the aerial speed measurement system is expected by the end of the year. We started developing it last year and testing it. We're one of the very few law enforcement agencies in the country that are going to be using Santiago said. He pointed out that the aerial speed enforcement is currently only possible over designated speed zones with quarter mile markings. I can't wait until the technology is advanced so far in the military that the cops are fucking flying around with like Apache gunships just fucking <laughs> like slow down. <laughs> right. Get mowed down with a fucking minigun and bunker busters for stealing a Snickers bar. Oh my God! I, they have you don't have food. The food shortages are going to be real, but they got these nice new aerodynamic sticks to beat right, you with. Right. <laughs> they got fucking. They got bear cats. They got fucking airplanes. Oh my Christ! M wraps, fully automatic weapons. Yeah, this. Yeah, fully automatic weapons. And trust me, when you're paying four dollars and nineteen cents at the pump here in the motherland. This motherfucker gets to fill up his airplane or his attack helicopter in the next 20 years with gasoline that you paid for. You can't afford it. But he- oh, it's not gasoline. It's refined more than that. You can't afford it, but your oppressors can. <laughs> That's right. Yes. It's for your safety, comrade. That's why we need to pay taxes. It's right. not for the your, roads. Your so they can stare at the roads. Wink, the wink. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, let's see here. The new equipment we have using GPS is all tracked. They can run speed enforcement anywhere. Franklin County was picked to test the equipment because it's central and has high volume of traffic. Anybody who's been to Columbus already fucking knows that, especially 270, the loop. I personally like Columbus. I like going there. I think it's easy to navigate. I know 270 fucks people up because it's like, I don't know, 10 lanes of fucking traffic, five and five in some spots. It's a, it's a big city for, for Ohio standards anyway. I know those of you who live in New York or whatever. Yeah, well, you know, it's not as uh, not as pop- populated as, as over here. Yeah, we- I don't know. Columbus is like one of the ugliest places I think I've ever been. 
Why do you say that? I don't know. It's just like the whole place just reminds me of like a, like all the apartments are just like shitty filing cabinets. They're fucking. They're just like. They're for I think, I think Cincinnati's yeah, like, uglier. See, I haven't been to Cincinnati like in the actual. Cincinnati's inside, uglier like, and it stinks worse. I've been. Dangerous. I've been looking at all yeah. these like architecture fucking pages on Twitter because people just post like how cool shit used to look back in the day and now everything just looks like fucking corporate garbage and it's like god damn dude like well wait a minute like like brutalist corporate garbage like are we talking about the brutalist style of architecture or like what are we talking about because there's some nice buildings I don't know like it's oh. I don't know where they're like I don't know what cities these are located in but it'll be like it's just all fucking concrete and steel just boxy like it just doesn't there's no there's no art yeah, there's no art, like, because that would be too time-consuming or cost too much money or some shit, but it's like, now you just get to look at this giant fucking rectangle or, like, some shit. It's, like, contemporary art where it's, like, this is just fucking disgusting. Like, right I don't on. know. Fair enough. All right. Or it's, like, cause, I mean, I don't know. You see all these fucking photos, like, think about Dresden, like, what the photos and videos of that city used to look like, and they're, like, oh, firebomb the shit out of it, and then it's, like, now it's i don't know what dresden looks like now but there's like you had all this history all this art everything was like mm -hmm. yeah. there's a fucking word for it but i just don't know what it is but now it's like nothing nothing new looks like any of that shit. you, you mean uh -huh. you mean culture <laughs> oh yeah that's that's the word yes okay. fair enough everything looks i think corporate and i think sterile that's a really good word for it that's yeah, an excellent word for it actually sterile monochrome <laughs> yeah I, I copy of a fucking copy of a fucking copy yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like everything uh everything's like a facade there's not even like uh like i've seen so many of these fucking fireplaces where it's like they'll put like two by four framework up and then fucking put like it'll look like the whole thing's made out of stone but it's really something like that thick on the outside of it just like fucking plastered up there or whatever so it's like a fucking hollow frame but it looks like a whole fucking stone fireplace. Just shit like that. Like, it's much cheaper, I'm sure, but it's like, why, like, I don't know. That, it has no character to it. There's no soul to anything. It's all just outward, well, like, appearance. To be fair, like, I mean, uh, I, Angels, you've been down to German Village, right? Down in, in Columbus, and there's, mm -hmm. like, places like the Book Loft, and there's, you know, Schmitz to eat at, and, like, there's, like, that's it's a beautiful area of the city. Like, really, really nice, and it's very unique, and um I, I there's plenty of wonderful places in columbus to visit the short north is very nice um i know the north market area the arena district is nice those areas and there's also a place called uzi alley or it used to be called uzi alley for a reason so there's some very dangerous places in columbus to visit not as dangerous as cincinnati cincinnati is definitely i think that they're the silver medal in in the state i think cleveland is still the champ i mean undisputed New York walmart <laughs> but um yeah toledo can be kind of dangerous too akron is under the under the uh, radar dangerous because you're within 10 minutes of a level one trauma hospital if you get shot so there's so much shit there like it's honestly wild how many fucking hospitals are in the area like uh, just northeast ohio like I don't think there's a density like that anywhere else in the country except well, maybe and then, like New York yeah, i was just saying then shit. To top it all off, like Cleveland Clinic's like what, like the number two hospital in the nation? Yeah, or the world. I don't know which one it is. Like, yeah, it's whack. Yeah, it's up there. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Um, let's see here. I was going to say something you guys were talking about, like buildings and architecture and things like that. Sure. Um, there are a lot of different, you know, reasons as to why, um, you know, it's changed over the years. Um, availability of materials locally, um, building codes, uh, being able to comply with green building codes. And then there's also, um, like natural disaster building codes. So they factor in like earthquakes, uh, things of that nature. Interesting. So the, the buildings are less artsy and more about sustainability. Um, basically getting more with less um, and using different types of building materials that allow you to comply with the green building standards, net zero um, buildings like that. So that, that, that goes into it. So what you're telling me is everything is soulless and bland and it's the government's fault. Yes. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. Okay. That's all I needed to know. It's the government's fault. I boiled all, in my mind. I boiled all that down to blame the government. Mm hmm bureaucracy yeah well oh, shit. you know for like cheaper housing and stuff like that you can't really get you know very uh customizable it has to all be the cheapest whatever so they can get those low-income families in there so it's not gonna look the best it's gonna look like you know just concrete and or like a prison cell you know or a prison mm -hmm. so yeah okay all right well that's all no, no, no. Thank you. I, I didn't, I didn't consider any of that. So I don't know much about that. That's definitely not a topic of my, I have no expertise, zero expertise. I run my mouth. That's my expertise. You lion sack of horse shit. <laughs> don't be so fucking humble. I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. Don't be um, so goddamn humble. It's unbecoming of you. Thank you. Thank you for the dressing down, sir. I'll put my pants back on. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, this is a great one. So this article, along with um, the, uh, the the Soy Squad article that we covered at the beginning of the show, is courtesy of our uh, listener and patron, Lexi. She sent this um, great follow on the Instagram. Uh, wonderful, wonderful follow. And uh, she's been really like, she finds shit and she's like, please talk about this. And I appreciate it because this is an interesting topic. This is from the Rockford Register Star. Not familiar if this, this is a periodical of note. Uh, however, it's not the Akron Beacon Journal, which is a flaming pile of dog shit. It's a terrible newspaper. But check this out. So this is this um, bill would make uh, Section 8 participation mandatory uh, goes too far, according to the Rockford Register Star. House Bill 2775 legislation that would mandate that property owners participate in the Section 8 program is moving through the Illinois General Assembly. The Rockford Apartment Association, along with housing providers from across Illinois, are opposed to this legislation. The bill is titled Homelessness Prevention. Uh, remember, what is it? Uh, Quinn's law, uh, whatever the government's intention will produce an equal will produce an equal and opposite outcome. I think that that's what he said it was. So, OK, I thought that was just physics. I, I don't know. <laughs> like a law of nature. <laughs> so homelessness prevention, comrades. The method is used to prevent homelessness as a source of income protection enforced under the Illinois Human Rights Act, meaning a housing provider would be prohibited from declining to rent to a tenant due to their source of income or face a human rights violation. What? 
I'm going to say that again. The method used to prevent homelessness is uh, is source of income protection enforced under the Illinois Human Rights Act, meaning a housing provider would be prohibited from declining to rent to a tenant due to their source of income or face a human right violation. Some examples of protected income would include alimony and child support, social security benefits, veteran benefits, or earnings by people who are self-employed and paid in cash. None of these sources of income protections are the cause for the uh, cause for objection to the bill. The bill would also make the Section 8 program a protected source of income, and that is the reason that property owners are fighting this legislation. The Section 8 program is a contract that, the, that a property owner signs with a government agency to control rental terms. The contract is non-negotiable, so the government sets the rules and property owner must abide by them. The Section 8 program is intended to be voluntary. <laughs> but does the property owner um, have to enter into this agreement, or are they being forced to enter into this agreement? I think, I think that's where we're getting right now. Okay. So the Section 8 program is intended to be voluntary. To make it mandatory that a property owner must sign a non-negotiable contract with the government agency is unreasonable. Failure to sign the contract would be a human rights violation. Being accused of a human rights violation exposes the property owner to liability for attorney fees to defend themselves and also the accuser's attorney fees. If found guilty, they are there are significant fines. Even when they have done nothing wrong, many small landowners will be unable to afford to defend themselves. That is extreme punishment for refusing to sign a contract that gives the government unlimited access to inspect property and free access to the property owner's office, computers, and documents in order to be in, in order to inspect business records. It also gives the government control over lease terms and can interfere with the sale of property. This legislation goes too far. It will hurt many people who provide housing in our community. The pandemic has caused significant financial loss to mom and pop businesses. Looking at you, Mike DeWine. Many are walking away from providing housing. This, propo this proposal will only drive more housing providers away. Instead of increasing access to housing, this bill will reduce the supply of affordable rental properties. Property owners should have a right to choose whether they participate in an, op an optional federal program that requires property owners to sign a non-negotiable contract. If this is not sufficient participation, then fix the program by making the contract less objectionable. Our community does not need more Section 8 housing. We need to attract investment to restore neglected neighborhoods. This legislation ignores the housing issues we face locally. It's a one-size-fits-all solution driven by Chicago legislators. We can do better. Well, that's what you get for having Chicago in your fucking state. <laughs> right? That's your punishment for having that fucking city. They don't have to sign the contract, right? Uh... They can just stop being a Section 8 house, it, right? No, no, no. That will make participation in Section 8 mandatory. It will be mandatory. The bill is not, it's no longer going to be optional. You will participate. In so what if it's like you have multiple people trying to move into a place and somebody's like receiving Section 8 benefits and somebody else isn't and they choose the person that's not receiving benefits, then... That's a human rights violation. But, like, how do you prove that? Like, I'm sure, like... Uh, Through made-up laws. But, uh, 
so, that's how they prove that. Like, if you haven't committed a crime, we'll just write a bill that'll make it so that you are a criminal. Because this just sounds similar to like it's like affirmative action kind of stuff, or like it sounds it, less like affirmative action and more like the government just owns it. Like, what's the point of even being a property owner if, well, if you're so, completely beholden to the gut? There's absolutely no motivation for anybody to do that. Well, why right, would you, so why would you want to own the let's property? Let's tie in the whole Great Reset thing, owning nothing and being happy. <laughs> so, I mean, exactly. I mean, that's It's going to be so unattractive to do anything, and everybody's just going to be like, I kind of don't want to do any of this bullshit anymore, so I'm just not going. So either way, it's like... I feel, it fun. feels like Orwellian tactics to achieve like a Huxleyan kind of place, like where it's like you just kind of can't fucking care about anything. And it's like, well, they don't really need to rule with an iron fist anymore because yeah. there's no fucking point. Yeah. Like, so if you so if you own property and you decide that you are going to rent it out, mm -hmm. they are automatically enrolling you into the Section 8 or you have I'm confused. It sounds like that's what they want to do. OK. So you can't rent your house out if you wanted to. You should, because they're they're going to automatically enroll you in the Section it's, 8. You have no choice. So then when a renter comes and they have Section 8, you have to rent to them or the government takes your shit. You're, okay, it's H, HB 2775. Legislation that would mandate that property owners, such as like myself, who owns a shitty little condo, okay, Property owners participate in Section 8 programs. You don't have a choice. You will, part by law in Illinois, you will be forced to participate in this. Okay? It's not optional. You're saying, so anybody that owns property, not somebody that's trying to rent something out currently or what? Like, I, I don't know if it's something currently, but they're, they're passing, they're trying to pass the bill now. So the idea is that, like, I don't know. I It's been such, so long since I rented but I know that like when you looked at ads, it would say Section 8 welcome or not welcome. I've never been on Section 8 and I, I don't have any comment on that. Like I, whatever, I, it's whatever, however you got to do your business, do your business. But I know that there was a negative, um, I guess, I, I don't know, a negative outlook on people who had Section 8 because there's Section 8 housing that was specific for people who were fixed income or, you know, were in, 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 you know, in a bad spot, financially speaking. And um, it was affordable housing. And I believe that those who own the property, like would have some sort of benefits that comes from uncle sugar in the form of like, you know, they, like, you know, they rent it out for like, like a two bedroom, one and a half bath apartment. Maybe you would get, you know, the renter would pay like fucking nothing. Right like a hundred bucks a month or a part of a part of their social security stipend or something like that. And then uncle sugar would give you the difference. I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's how it worked, but I know that there was a benefit to the property owner saying, yeah, I'll accept six, section eight because they pay a fixed amount of rent, whatever they can afford. It's it's maybe it's income based. You know what I mean? Like if you're on disability or something like that. And then I know that uncle sugar would step in. Right. Uncle Sugar would step in and make up the difference or something to that effect. Right. I'm not again. I, I never participated. So I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm speculating that might be how it works. Well, now they're saying in Illinois, like you don't have a choice. Section eight is going to be welcomed on your rental property, whatever, no matter what. Like so that's if you rent houses, not right. if you just own a house. 
Yeah, no, if I'm looking to rent my condo and I lived in Illinois, mm-hmm. they'd be like, um, uh, Mr. Colo, uh, you're you're going to fucking uh, participate in this program. You don't have a choice. So you're going to be cornering homeless people. <laughs> basically, they're requiring anybody who owns property that rent out houses, make their houses available to all tenants at different income levels. And that includes Section 8, that, they're, that you can't exclude them because... Maybe of the availability of house. I don't know. Well, but I think it's stupid. I don't think you should have. I, it, it, this is all dumb. It, I mean, yeah, it is. Dumb. You shouldn't have. I mean, pro, I mean, I thought private property was king. Like, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. And Uncle Sugar is like, yeah, about that. No, you won't. So yeah. uh, look for the. I mean, that's, yeah, again, the people in, in Illinois, this goes across these stupid borders all over the place. Generally speaking, everybody, all people, regardless of where they come from, are generally like genuinely and more often than not decent people. But it's the assholes that rule them that's the problem. Like the people of Illinois, they're very they're Midwestern people, right? They fucking they grow shit in the ground. The majority of the state is agriculture, right? But you have this one little county called Cook County. That fucking completely dominates the entire state, kind of like in New York. A lot of people, you ever been to upstate New York? It's fucking beautiful, right? It's beautiful. People from Rochester and Buffalo or Albany, all of these smaller, you know, smaller in comparison to like the city, they're decent people. Like they're, they're regular people. We have more, we have more in common in Ohio with people from upstate New York than we do people from fucking, uh, uh, Santa Barbara or fucking Malibu or any of these other places in California, for example, like they're, we're pretty much the kind of the great lakes people, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're regular people. There's, but there's money to be had in this. Like this isn't just something well, that's being passed for no, like somebody's gaining something from that. I have, I have a solution to the problem. If we're going to play state games, let's play state games. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's put on our very ugly shit covered state statist hat. Oh, here, wait. I got one. I got one today just for this. It actually works perfect. And this wasn't planned, either way. Okay. There we go. All right. Now we can. This is, this is my, state, my state hat. Okay. All right. Here we go. Every city, every metropolitan area that has over, like, say, 3 million people should become a federal district like Washington, D.C. Therefore, outside of this metropolitan area, Whatever you fucks do within this metropolitan area stays there and doesn't affect the rest of of this of the area that you, that lives around you. So think about that. So like Chicago would be a, a federal district, and they can fucking kill each other all day long and pass all their stupid gun laws, and it stays in Cook County, right? Same thing with like you know Los Angeles. Los Angeles would be its own federal district, so the rest of normal California can do normal shit. You know what I mean? All of these large metropolitan areas, and of course New York City being one of them, they would be their own federal district. So you can do all your stupid fucking space gay communism shit there, and you can leave everybody else alone. And if if people want to live in this communist hellscape, they can. They can move there. You know, there's bridges, and then we we, we take the bridges apart, and then you can't get across again. No, I'm just kidding. But then, like, how are they going to exist by ripping off all the people that are from outside of those ah, well that's the brilliant <laughs> part there they won't <laughs> no i mean seriously they should 
they should all be their own federal districts. I mean, I could, I mean, I, if I did further research, I mean, I'm sure we could find a way for it to be sustainable, at least for them, because I think that also for the typical like left wing voter in some of these areas, I think they would be they would prefer not to be associated with, uh, quote, country folk. You know what I mean? Or regular working class people, because all these people live like, I mean, have you seen the rent prices in New York City for like something that would be for those of you that, that have been guests in, in my home, think, like my bedroom with a washer, dryer, ironing board, sink, turlet, where the closet is, and maybe a few square feet into the hallway is like, I don't know, $3,800 a month. Dude, we looked up like the shittiest places we could find in the Bronx when we were there, and it was still like two grand a month easily. And it's like, oh, I see, like some people just get born here and are fucking stuck here. Like you will never leave because you're too busy paying rent. You'll never be able to afford to move. Like it's crazy. Or you have an entire family living in one household, which is more common in those areas. You met one fucking toilet with like eight people. Like I, I'm done. Uh, a, or you'd have people we'd go into apartments a lot of buttholes <laughs> you'd go oh. into an apartment it would be partitioned off and they'd sublease each individual part and then they'd share like a bathroom but it would be like a four bedroom became four separate apart people would have like a fucking hot plate on a folding table in their fucking bedroom of a place and then there'd be like four of the oh it's fucking terrible dude it sounds like a fucking nightmare like, oh yeah it's, it's like it's a it's, lot of buttholes for one water closet isn't it it's fucking gross. And like, it, it, like it was, it's weird because it's like a beautiful city, but it's like so much of it being beautiful is also it just being garbage. And like, yeah, like it had great food, but like lots of fucking rats, fucking cockroaches, t- shitty fucking places. Like, it's just like grimy and scummy looking. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll fucking take living where I live and have and fucking eating uh, Papa John's or fucking Domino's as opposed to living. A, hey, they got great food, but you're going to live in a, a casket and you'll cook inside the casket. And when you need to relieve yourself, you hang your asshole out the side of the casket, shit on the side of it into a turlet, and then you'll get back in the casket. But And like also... The, I've only been there twice and the best part of it was the best time I had was when everybody was in fucking side and nobody was out in the streets and it was like a fucking ghost town that's why it was so goddamn cool you're walking around it's like I am legend everybody's afraid to go outside it's like holy shit like I can breathe it's nice but... <laughs> I can breathe oh man well um, we've run out of topics today um, and we've run over time um i i don't have anything else i would like to turn it over to the boss real quick do you have anything as we wind it down today no i hear california takes really good of the homeless <laughs> california takes california beachfront property super cool to the homeless <laughs> california meow <laughs> super oh. cool to the homeless <laughs> what a great episode uh right. brian do you have anything else before we uh before we wrap it up today no i think i'm good all right outstanding and christopher do you have anything for us before we wrap it up today all right that is a big no so uh i don't have anything else uh, i'd like to thank our sponsors and of course first allow me to thank our patrons on patreon please don't forget to support the patreon if you can very grateful for the folks on there don't worry we have content in the works that we will be coming towards you probably this weekend 
put something together for you. Uh, right now, there's a shitload of content on there going back almost two years now. So if you sign up just for, for two bucks, less than, um, you know, one of those, uh, quote, share size Ziploc bags of fucking M&Ms by share size, that's my size. And then you buy your own bag. And that's why I have problems. Anyway, um, <laughs> don't forget to subscribe to the Patreon if you can. We would greatly appreciate it. We're very grateful for those of you that have signed up. It's tremendous. Um, helps us, uh, you know, offset some of the costs of operation, not keeping the lights on, but at least with the website and, you know, the pod bean, I'm very grateful. I'm, I'm, I'm simply flattered by people's generosity. So thank you very much. Also think, uh, like to thank our sponsors, of course, nexus.com. Please check out what DAG and of course, Brandon, who is the, uh, the creator, uh, check out what they have going on over there. A lot of awesome, some of it, some of it, a lot of free resources, some of it you have to pay for, but either way, uh, depending on your level of interest, there's plenty of things for you to get into, agorasnexus.com. I'd also like to thank iPaint Akron, where all accidents are happy accidents, Ray Faba, fine art and design from the Great Lakes, and of course, Team Mandalore, who continues to keep cycling extremely weird. But ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for us to, to discuss your asshole health, the condition of your ass, the condition of your armpits, the undercarriage, the fat folds, the sweat. Now, I know here in the great Northeast Ohio Soviet, winter is still here. It may say spring, and it may have a few days where it gets into the 70s. But make no mistake, into May, it will continue to be cold. However, just because the weather is grim doesn't mean the smell of your ass needs to match the weather. Being grim, really ugly, not wanting to get into it. Easter Sunday is approaching where zombie Jesus will rise from the dead. Hand <laughs> you chocolate eggs to commemorate his resurrection. There will be a ham that will be made in commemoration because they slaughtered a ham on the altar when he rose from the dead and handed out chocolate eggs along with baskets filled with all sorts of awesome delectables to commemorate uh, fertility and rebirth, uh, also known as Ostara. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Easter is a big holiday, right? Chocolate bunnies, chocolate eggs, your chocolate side. You made a little, you know, a little uh, dung ditch, a little too brown for the liking of your significant other or others. Perhaps you have multiple lovers. I'm not here to judge. I'm a one horse cowboy, but maybe you're like you like to ride a little bit more than I do, and that's fine. My friend Todd from AkronApothecary.com can help you ride all of the dick you want and smell exquisite. Perhaps you're going to visit that special someone's family for the first time coming up. Easter Sunday, it's a big thing. You're going to go to church. You're going to pretend you believe in God. You're going to put money in the collection plate. <laughs> you will put together a good performance to prove that you are worthy to fuck that significant other. But are you being honest? Are you being honest with your significant other? Are you being honest about your asshole health? Your undercarriage health? Keeping your genitals clean? Maybe, but maybe not. But if not, my friend Todd, can help you out with a wonderful assortment, at least I've been told there's a wonderful assortment, of soaps ready to wash your ass clean of the sin of filth, literal filth. Please check out AkronApothecary.com before Easter Sunday comes because Todd's gay soap is... Soap for that ass. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have for this week. Please take care of yourselves, take care of your assholes. Watch out for Illinois and their communist bullshit. Uh, except for our listeners, we like you in Illinois. We know you listen. So thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe. 
across all platforms. I, I, I tried to upload a bit shoot video. I failed miserably at it. The video was too big. I, I, I can't. I'm, I'm incapable of doing I'll do anything. It. Thank you very much. Take care of yourselves. Wash your ass. Todd's gay soap. See ya. Bye. <laughs>